0: Welcome to the HR Stories Podcast, where there is a lesson in every story. If we listen well, stories help us learn and teach us ways to act. Each year, John Tallheimer and Chuck Smickin deliver thousands of seminars around the country to business owners, executives, and HR professionals, discussing the fundamentals of human resources, best legal practices, and risk reduction activities for organizations. This podcast allows us to dig deep into the human resources experience, and see where businesses go wrong. Each episode, we share a different story where a company missed the mark, and then we'll provide recommendation based on our years of working in the human resources field. Sit back, listen, learn, and act. Welcome to the HR Stories Podcast, where there is a lesson in every story. My name is John Tallheimer. And I am Chuck Zamickian.
1: This week's story is the story of the accidental wage theft. Okay. So I cannot wait to hear the story, and I'm sure there's way more to the story. But calling it the accidental theft, that to me sounds interesting. And also theft of wages. That sounds interesting to me too, John. I can't wait to hear who's stealing from who and why it's (laughs) accidental. Yeah, well, that's the point of the story, right? I wanted to get you in and kind of think
0: about, hey, what's going on here? How can it be accidental? And what is wage theft? And so we're going to talk about that today. What is wage theft and how can it be accidental in
1: these organizations?
0: Hey, Chuck, have you ever had the opportunity to work in a restaurant?
1: Absolutely. I actually worked for two restaurants. My first job, I was a line cook at kind of a sit-down family restaurant That was very fun. I loved doing that. But then I also worked at Long John Silver's as a line cook where I, you know, cooked fish. Uh, I draw, I call dropping hush puppies. If you've ever been to Long John Silver's, but that's a skill. That's an actual skill. You got (laughs) to scoop out the batter, drop them, drop them, drop them. You got to do it fast. You got to do it quick. And I was a pretty good hush puppy dropper. All right. Sounds like that's something you have on your resume, and
0: I'm really proud of you for that I'm on that <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah. All right. If so not, it will be next. It yeah, so you're going to relate to our main character. So in 2007, the, 17, the summer of 17, Ah Zhang, our main character, found himself working in the kitchen of the Ragoon Ruby Restaurant. It's a restaurant in San Francisco, and he worked like a line cook. He worked as a line cook. Mm-hmm. So the line cook is responsible, as you know, for assisting the sous chef, the executive chef, to prepare the meal for the restaurant's, restaurant's patrons. They are also responsible for making sure the kitchen is set up, uh, cleaning all the surfaces, chopping the produce, making the sauces, whatever the chef requests they have to do. They're usually the, one of the first people to leave, to arrive at the restaurant, and one of the first, last people to leave. So ah Zhang's boss was very demanding and required him to be available on very short notice to handle last-minute deliveries or if they had to staff up because there was a high number of takeout orders. So it can be very frustrating for an employee when they're not aware of their schedule until the last minute and they have to deal with all these changes that are going on. It's just really hard. And so a lot of employees find themselves, you know what, I'm just dedicating myself to that restaurant. And line cooks and sous chefs do this because they can learn under the executive chefs and be prepared to take their next step, so either to a sous chef or to that executive chef level, which is really one of the goals of a chef, right? So working at the Ragoon Rush Ruby restaurant was demanding. Ozing worked long hours, but he felt it was his chance for the American dream. So he didn't complain. He worked hard, did what he needed to do. But after working there for three or four months, he started realizing things weren't going to change. And so he went to his boss and complained. He said, look, I don't mind working and I'm gonna work hard for you, but these long hours, I feel like I should be paid. Right, absolutely. Right, and so his manager looked at him, his boss looked at him and said, yeah, but listen, remember, you're an exempt employee. And as an exempt employee, your salary covers those extra hours. Oh, wow. All
1: right. I don't want to interrupt you, but I am. Yeah, <laughs> so, as usual. <laughs> okay. I was a line cook. Line cooks, they, they, they do the burden of the work, cutting, cleaning, um, cooking, and those jobs are not salaried exempt jobs. So when you put in all those hours, you get paid for all those hours, which once again, that's one of the great things about a line Cook, it's a demanding job, but it's always in demand and you're always working and to get overtime is fantastic. So I'm hearing, and, and like I said, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I will tell you, I hear the first problem with today's story. So I'm very excited, I picked it out. Okay, well, we'll see if you did,
0: uh, right? And so uh, one of things coworkers Uh, named Saling. She needed to go see a doctor. And she so she went to her boss and said, hey, I need to go see a doctor. And the boss said, no, you can't do that. You're scheduled to work. We need you to work. So she said, you know what? This is really important. I definitely need to go see a doctor. So she went to go see the doctor. So while she was gone, she didn't get paid and she had to make up that missed time. So the boss said, well, look, if you're going to leave for three hours, I want you to come in and work three hours at the end of this shift.
1: Okay. So- so just real quick, where's this restaurant, Rangoon, Ruby, what state? Yeah, What's it?
0: It's in San Francisco, so okay. the state of California.
1: Oh, yeah. All right. Well, the boss did let her go, but I also hear a problem with not paying her for going to see the doctor because she was ill, and that's a California thing, but I'll let you continue the story. Okay. All right. Are you going to let me
0: continue now? Oh, <laughs> yes. All right. So look, both Azing, Saling were like, you know what? This work environment is tough, but they didn't see many other opportunities out there. And so Ragoon Ruby was a part, one restaurant in a part of a restaurant group. So there were six restaurants, had 300 employees, including 87 line cooks like Azing. And so typically these cooks, the line cooks worked over 50 hours each week and they were at one, but the restaurant themselves was highly rated and highly respected within the Bay Area. So we know, you know this from your personal experience, working in the kitchen is not the best place to be, right? You have to meet the demands of the boss at all times, right? And so both Ozing and other workers were like, okay, so we have to voice our frustration. Where do we go? How do we do this? They didn't want to lose their chance at the American dream, but other, they didn't want to be taken advantage of. And so we know that retaliation by owners or management is the number one concern of employee advocates in the United States. And it is also something that recently the Department of Labor, the EEOC, and OSHA have been looking at um, as a concern that it's happening more and more where bosses, employers are looking and going, hey, these things aren't happening. So finally, they got tired. Azing, Saling, and a few others reached out to the Asian Law Caucus for support. So this is a group of individuals, lawyers, and employee advocates that support employees. And so when they walked in the doors, it was pretty evident they did not know their rights. And so immediately, the Asian Law Caucus set out to investigate their working conditions and how it was impacting the employees. So Chuck, a group of individuals comes to you, comes knocking at your door and says, Chuck, this is happening to us. What are some of the red flags that you're going to look for? What are some of the things that we should be paying attention to so we don't make the same mistake?
1: Right. So I have to tell you, I've seen this before as an HR director when I've taken over uh, various companies. It's called misclassification. So that's the first thing that I hear where your employees are misclassified either as uh, they're, they're hourly employees, but somehow a restaurant or a business has classified them as salaried employees because maybe they want to save on overtime so that's the first thing that i would probably look at that's the red flag number one is uh, the misclassification mr ozing yes sounds like he should have been an hourly employee getting paid at least 10 hours a week in overtime And it sounds like he was not. That's the first red flag that I would look at.
0: Before you jump into the second red flag, let's make sure that our audience understands the difference. Like, how do I know, how should I classify, how should I know an employee Mm -hmm. is hourly or salary? And let's use the terms that the Fair Labor Standards calls out as the exempt, right? The salary employee, the exempt, or a non-exempt, uh, hourly employee. And so obviously there's some, you know, for those people that know the laws, there's, you can be non, uh, non-exempt salary, you can be hourly and still be exempt. But for the most of us, we're, we want it there. And so Chuck, tell us, what's the difference right. between exempt and non-exempt, and how do we get into that? How do we know that our employees are,
1: how should we, they should be
0: classified?
1: Sure. Well, the terms come from the Fair Labor Standards Act of, in the 1930s. And so exempt, when you are exempt, you are exempt from overtime. So our exempt employees are, your, are usually your salaried employees and to be an exempt employee, and there's a number of different exemptions, but in this case, in a restaurant, uh, I would be looking at three separate things. I'd be looking at, uh, are they getting paid on a regular basis? In other words, not variable pay. Sometimes uh, employees might work 30 hours one week, 35 hours. The next week, 42 hours, 50 hours. And an hourly non-exempt employee is going to be paid differently based on the amount of hours that they work. But an exempt employee is going to receive the same amount of pay every week, week after week, no matter how many hours they work. So number one, I'm going to look, are they being paid on okay. a regular basis? So let's, let's go back and I want to
0: make sure people are clear on this the law clearly states, the Fair Labor Standard Act clearly states that an exempt employee has to be paid
1: the same amount on every pay period. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. If, they're, if you're making $52,000 a year, let's just say, then you have to be paid $1,000 a week or $2,000 every other week. But on a regular basis, a, you know, your paycheck would be the same every pay period. Okay, perfect. And so that's the
0: first thing you're gonna look at. Is my employee getting the same pay,
1: doesn't matter how many hours they worked, every week? Exactly. The second thing okay. I'm gonna look at is what we call the salaried threshold. The salary, the amount of money that that person is making per week. In the United States, federally, now it changes from state to state. Okay. Uh, it could be a higher threshold. But for the most part, the threshold federally is to be an exempt employee. You have to make at least $35,568 a year, which comes out to $684 a week. Okay. So if they're not making that, that standard salary level, they're making less than that that means all bets are off then then that means that they're not they would not be eligible to be an exempt employee so that means they're automatically non-exempt exactly exactly okay. Okay, and and in california new york few other states the threshold is higher in california it's it's about $49,000 okay. which is a, is a huge of salary, right? So you have to be making at least $49,000 to be an exempt employee. Okay. But the third thing, and the first two things are important, but in in your story today, I didn't hear, I didn't get enough info on those things, but I did hear the third uh, test, what I would call the duties test, the job duties. What are the job duties of that person? What you described to me as someone that Cooks, cleans, uh, chops vegetables, um, follows instructions, right? They don't use independent judgment at all. They're not managing. I didn't hear you say they were managing anyone. So everything you said to me, job duties wise, screams non-exempt hourly employee. Okay. So let's go through this make sure that
0: everyone understands. There are three tests that we're going to go through. The first test, I always use the sal- standard salary level as my first test, right? And so that when I go through and I look at job descriptions, I want to see an employee's pay. If they're below that amount, so it's federally it's 684 a week. If they're below that amount, they're automatically non-exempt. I don't go any farther, they're automatically non-exempt. If they're above that amount, then I'm going to go look to the second test, which says, are they being paid the same salary every pay period? Right. OK, and then we get to the third test, what we all call the duties test. And so what we're looking there is independent judgment or discretion in their job. And we know that there are six different exemptions. But that's, that's the main thing, right? Do they have independent discretion? So what you said, that Ah Zhang did not have independent discretion. He was following the rules of the restaurant and the executive chef.
1: Right. And Ozank should have been managing at least two other employees to even classify for that uh, in, in many cases. And in this case particular. Okay.
0: Good. Okay. So what other red flags did you see that our audience may want to pay attention to?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Well, this is strictly a California red flag. Although there are other states that have paid sick leave, paid sick provisions. But in this case, If you're in California, you need to go see a doctor because you are ill. You have accrued a certain amount of hours. Every employee accrues them throughout their employment that they can take. It is their right to take, to use, to go to see the doctor, take care of their own personal illness. And in this case, the story you told me was the other person. I can't remember her name. Saling. Ms. Saling. Uh, was told, yeah, you go to the doctor, but we're not paying you. And that's a violation of the California paid sick leave law.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And I do think one of the things I guess we should tell people to walk away with is you need to know your state laws, right? You need to be paying attention to them because California has paid sick leave. More places are putting paid sick leave into place. Uh, It is slowly going across the country. So I recommend everyone to tap into and go, gosh, I need to know what my state laws are,
1: because it's going to impact how I think about these things. for sure. Exactly. So tell me, I know there's got to be more to the story, what ended up happening? Yeah. So let me tell you what ended up happening. So the
0: Asian Law Caucus found numerous violations, some that we discussed not correctly, uh, that we discussed. Not correctly classifying the cooks as non-exempt, which you... Immediately got not properly calculating pay for their wait staff. So, we didn't talk about their wait staff, but their wait staff wasn't being properly paid in terms of tips and all that kind of stuff. Not giving the employees paid sick leave under California law, which you also brought up. So, they brought this information to the California's Bureau of Field Enforcement, basically their Department of Labor, who did their investigation and fined the company around $4 million in back wages. And then, additionally, they had to pay over five hundred thousand in civil penalties.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, wait! You said four million, four million dollars just in back wages alone. So they must have been doing this for a very, very long time.
0: Well, remember, they had three hundred employees. Gotcha. Um, right, and so there was a lot of issues, and so they went back. I don't know how long they went back and said, "Hey, you guys need to make this right." Um, and so they went through that whole thing and looked at it. And so I think it's kind of there. I think to me, it's like that 500,000. So think what you could do with oh, sure. a little less than $5 million, right. To your restaurant, uh, or to your own pocketbook. So they had to go back. Right. And so here's what I want everyone to walk away about. And this is why we talk about it being accidental. The owners had not realized that they were not paying the the employees the proper way right? They had somebody looking at their books, they did that, but they did not know they were breaking the Fair Labor Standard Act and California law. As soon as it was presented to them, they said, whoa, well, 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 we're going to settle this case. And they are now completely compliant with all proper laws. And so this is what happens to organizations when they are not informed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You need to have an HR professional looking at your job descriptions, going through and going, hey, these people should be exempt or non-exempt. It's so important for organizations. We don't wanna fall into that accidental
1: wage theft. Right, and the fact that they still had to pay $500,000 in damages, punitive damages, accidental doesn't get you off the hook, folks. It does not get you off the hook. And in fact, if you do it on purpose, it's good. They're going to give you the hook because I can remember. And I know when I teach seminars, I tell a couple of different stories to get this point across. One of the stories I talk about is, is a Papa John's franchise E in New York. It was probably three, four five years ago, maybe. Okay. And they purposely, uh, did not pay their employees' minimum wage or overtime, and they were sentenced to six months in jail. Wow. Six months in jail.
0: Yeah. And I think reading the back uh, research that I was doing for this, I did find out, right, the Economic Policy Institute did a major study, and a lot of states are now looking at this very forcefully. The DA in Philadelphia uh, has made it one of his missions to cut down on employee wage theft within the city. And so we have to be paying attention to this. So, so Chuck, what actions should our audience members take? What should they be doing tomorrow,
1: today? What should they be doing to make sure that they don't fall into this category? Yeah, sure. So the first thing you're gonna wanna do is look at your job descriptions. You're gonna do an audit, overall an audit. And you're gonna look at all of your job descriptions, and the employees that are attached to each job description. And I do want to point something out. I had this situation at a company I worked with where the job description was very, very um, set. I mean, it made sense. And it was a food and beverage supervisor. We had two or three food and beverage supervisors that fit that job description, but one of the food and beverage, and they were hourly jobs, by the way, they were hourly jobs. We did the audit, we we looked at the job description it was a it was an hourly non-exempt role but one supervisor at one of the resort properties was salaried so even though you look at the job descriptions you need to look at all the people that are feeding up into that job description and if the job description says this is a non-exempt role you need to make sure that everyone is non-exempt so that's the first thing i'm going to do is be looking at the job descriptions i will be doing an audit of of all of the employees i would run a list of all the salaried employees exempt employees i would make sure that they meet the salary threshold that they're all making the minimum for what it is in your state and in fact i'm also going to say know the laws in your state know the laws in your state because they change. California, New York, and I'm in Florida. We don't have a lot of the laws that they have in those other states, but if you're a multi-state employer, you you need to you need to learn those things. What final thoughts do you have, John?
0: Yeah, I think state laws is definitely one of the things I want people to remember and walk away with going, okay. But I do think it's sort of to the point of what am I doing? How am I paying my employees? where do I do it, right? Because we talked about one part of wage theft. Oh, sure. We didn't talk about uh, meal breaks. We didn't talk about hours worked, right? And all those could be considered wage theft. And so if you're not doing it right, you really need to know the law. You need to do that. Get somebody in there to help you kind of go through that and make sure that we're always telling our seminar participants, make sure that you have the right help to do that job well. And so my final thoughts is, ladies and gentlemen, you have to know the laws and you have to follow them. You have to understand what's going on in your organization.
1: Right. And well, I will tell you that folks, we can help. If you need help doing an audit, if you need help looking at your job descriptions, rewriting your job descriptions, John and I can help. You want to get with us. Our email address is help at hrstoriespodcast.com. Help at HRStoriesPodcast dot and that's really it, John. Are you going to have another story for me next week? I do. I got another story. It is called "The Story
0: of the Lost Employee." <laughs> okay, that sounds
1: that sounds <laughs> interesting. The
0: Lost Employee. It's not always that the employees get lost, but in this case, employee got lost, and I, I'll give you a hint: it was me. Oh, I'm going to tell a personal story. So. That's even better.
1: All right. John, thanks for your story this week. And folks, thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. So thank you guys for listening to the HR Stories podcast, where there is a lesson in every story. Thank you for listening to HR Stories podcast. The material presented in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Chuck and John always recommend using the employment lawyer to handle any legal HR issues. We do our best to double-check sources and make sure the information we are providing is accurate. We may eliminate or embellish without changing the basic narrative to make the story easier to understand. In certain circumstances, we may change in identifying information to protect the innocent. If you have any questions, please reach out out to us at help at hrstoriespodcast.com. Thank you for listening to the HR Stories Podcast, where there is a lesson in every story.